You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston and well played with the Ric Flair to kick off the show. Belichick yeah, and Brady, they are the men. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'd be fine with that being a permanent intro, by the way. <laughs> More flair we can get in our life, the better we're, we all are. Welcome back, Jake. Couple of days off, well deserved. Uh, you ready to get after this over the next course of the next two hours? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I missed uh, chatting with you about some sports topics. Uh, I think we'll mainly stay on course with football today. We've got so much to discuss after what happened yesterday. But yeah, man, enjoyed the time away and, and glad to be back. Got two hours. Of course, we want to hear from you on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote as always we kick off things off with uh, some headlines on this monday morning and obviously uh we're going to start with what took place yesterday we were anticipating one blowout and perhaps one game that was very tight and would be a squeaker and that's what we got it just wasn't <laughs> what we anticipated yeah uh completely flipped on that one but you know in watching both games um in case you've been under a rock, uh, Philadelphia beats the Vikings 38-7, uh, to and in an incredible comeback, the Patriots knock off the Jags 24-20. And, you know, the Patriots were down in the fourth quarter, and that was a tremendous football game. That was – I think that's going to be – you know, what we see in the Super Bowl likely won't top that, um, you know, especially if you look at the line today. You know, uh, the Eagles are – Five and a half underdogs, five and a half point underdogs. But you look at you look at that game, and it was absolutely tremendous. You know, you got a compelling storyline of can Brady do it again? And a lot of people will point to the penalties. Um, you know, the, the discrepancy there, ninety-eight penalty yards compared to just ten penalty yards uh, for the Patriots. And a lot of people will, you know, point to Blake Bortles. But I, I really want to dive deep into this whole game because I thought Blake Bortles was fantastic for the most part at one point he was 15 for 17 would have never guessed that but uh, ultimately tom brady is the goat he proved it once again the other uh, huge storyline going into this the situation with brady's hand the injury on wednesday oh boy. you go through and of course he has his press conference on friday and in the patriots way basically does not say anything and doesn't uh, raises probably even more questions about his hand going in uh, he wears his gloves to uh, the press conference and the production meeting with uh, CBS executives and, of course, uh, the announcers wearing the gloves. So you're wondering, what is the status of his hand? He comes out with that bandage, and then the reports are that he had 12 stitches in his hand. And then he starts off the game, and he's throwing like Tom Brady normally does. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that he leads them back uh, down by 10 in the fourth quarter, the Jags had him, you thought, maybe perhaps go a little conservative, and ultimately New England does what the Patriots do. They come back and win a thriller. Yeah, and Bill Belichick really lifted up his quarterback after the game, (laughs) praising him for battling through that hand injury. And uh, for those who missed it, here's Bill Belichick discussing his quarterback's gutsy play. Bill, did anything have to change game plan-wise because of Brady's hand? 
it a little bit later. He basically said, yeah, he, he faced some adversity, but it wasn't like he had open-heart surgery. <laughs> Such a Belichick yeah. response. Perfect. Uh, he gets so dressed up for his post-game press conferences, too. Basically had a cut-off T-shirt up there. <laughs> that was the best part. Oh, You thought it stopped with the uh, the hoodies, but yeah. it does not. Uh, you talk about Brady, uh, 26 of 38 for 290 yards, the two touchdowns, a lot of big plays in this ball game. I go back, they're down and they're facing a, a third and 18 against Jacksonville's yeah. defense. All the Jags need to do is make a stop. And Brady comes up with a big completion, leads him down on that drive for the touchdown. You mentioned the penalties, uh, six called against Jacksonville just won against New England. The 98 yards versus the 10. The Jags with two defensive pass interference calls. Amazing stat. Best in the league. They only had five the entire year in the regular season. All right. One for sure was absolutely bogus. Mm -hmm. The one on the sideline. Uh, I thought that was that was a horrible call. But you mentioned that. that the one down the sidelines literally giving them a ball like the 10 or the 15 yard line. Yeah. And I believe it was the next play or the very next play. They squirred on the touchdown pass. Right. Uh, but you mentioned the, the third and 18 completion. I believe that was on the 85-yard drive. And that came after the defense uh, stood up and forced a punt after Miles Jack made that incredible mm -hmm. uh, strip of, of the football uh, after the Patriots gained some momentum. So, you know, it was a, it was a complete team performance. You know, the, the, and, and honestly, Danny Amendola's catch at the end there, tapping that other foot, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. That was an amazing catch to get that other foot inbounds. Uh, fewest penalties by one team in the postseason since 2011. New England with that one penalty called against them. The fact that they're trailing by 10 points in the fourth quarter and you're looking at the GOAT, you're looking at Tom Brady, you're just thinking they got a chance. Uh, Jacksonville certainly on their heels. A lot of people are going to say uh, the Jags played it too conservative down the stretch. Yeah, and... I I could see that, um, but for the most part, but before we got there, I thought Blake Bortles, really the way he was able to extend plays, he's a much better athlete than we give him credit for. Like he he is a really good athlete, but uh, ultimately, you know, they they couldn't make the plays down the field, and then they they relied on the running game, which was kind of what they they their whole game plan to start with, you know. Blake Bortles finishes uh, 23 of 36 for 293 yards. The one touchdown pass did not have an interception. Talk about Jacksonville be con being conservative. I mean, all you got to do is look at the end of the first half. Uh, they got the ball back with about 55 seconds to go and with two <laughs> timeouts, and they take a knee. Yeah, I saw ESPN it. Stats and Info yeah. said that uh, that was the first time that actually took place the entire season where a team took a knee with uh, 55 seconds to go in a half. I saw that, and, and that's that shows you right there how much confidence they had in their own offense. But yeah, they should have definitely took another chance to try to expand that lead there. Yeah, Leonard Fournette looked strong, looked good. Sure. 24 carries, they established the rushing attack with him. He finishes with 76 yards, but was not enough as they fall 24-20. Kept hearing talk now, well, this Jacksonville team is going to be a team and a franchise to contend with, and probably say so, but... I mean, it's difficult to get to an AFC championship game. And, I mean, you had a career day from Blake Bortles. Are you going to get that week ever in and week out? Yeah, ever <laughs> again. Yeah, that's the question. But this defense is going to give you a chance. You know, this defense is so young and talented. 
Uh, that's kind of why people have been waiting for the Jaguars to make a move. They get a superstar in Leonard Fournette and get a great addition in Cam Robinson, who had a great year. Um, They're not a very good game. Though. Well, you know, when you have to block James Harrison, uh, that's, a, that's a man among boys right there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the future's still bright for Jacksonville, and I thought Blake Bortles showed us more than we, were, we anticipated. Mm. New England now goes to the Super Bowl. They will take on Philadelphia, and they will square off against former ULM quarterback Doug Peterson, and what a performance by the Eagles against the Vikings. Yeah, and Richie just asked, is it safe to say that that Minneapolis miracle died last night along with the Vikings' Super Bowl chances? And then you hear the news that uh, the Vikings applied for a trademark for Minnesota Miracle uh, along with Bring It Home. Both of those trademarks, sure, you can have them, right? Bring It Home isn't trademarked? Interesting. Uh, yeah, go ahead, have them. I don't know what you're going to do with them now. <laughs> Uh, if you're a Vikings fan, I mean, obviously you're excited, the fact you get to host a uh, Super Bowl, but, man, you want to talk about taking some luster off this thing. Yeah, and that's kind of – that's what, what I was rooting for. I was rooting for Patriots versus Vikings. First of all, because I did think the Vikings were a better team. Now, we got that proved wrong yesterday. Um, and Nick, you were like that poor intern that probably works for the NFL Network oh. that puts out the uh, – the, uh, the the Vikings versus Patriots. Uh, yeah. It was on it was on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it put for those who don't know what we're talking about. The NFL released this picture of, you know, Super Bowl hyping the Super Bowl, and it had the Patriots on there, and it had the Vikings on there, and it said your t- go see your team, and uh, the Eagles actually tweeted that out last night mm-hmm. after they won. By mm-hmm. the way, uh, said they were keeping their receipts, but uh, no, I I just thought that would be a better game because. I thought both, you know, the Vikings and the Eagles had great defenses, but I thought you could trust Case Keenum a little bit more. And Nick Foles continues to prove me wrong. I mean, Nick Foles was tremendous. And I, I what what I was most impressed with was his poise in the pocket. You know, the offensive line did a tremendous job against that great front forward that Minneapolis has. And for the way they were able to – uh, you know the, the the pocket would bend and, and 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 break a little bit, but Foles would just make slight movements in the pocket, just as cool as the other side of the pillow, and extend plays. And I I just that's trademarked. I was just yeah that is trademarked. <laughs> but I was just like man that, that that is incredible for a guy who wasn't a starter, and this is what his fourth game to play uh, this year. I mean just an incredible performance by him and. Uh, I, I doubt – it's kind of like the whole Bortles thing. I doubt you get that again, right? I mean, can he reproduce that same performance against the Patriots in the Super Bowl? I don't know. Uh, a couple stats from uh, Nick Foles' great performance against the Vikings in their 38-7 to win. He finishes 26 of 33 for 352 yards and three touchdowns. This is the second consecutive postseason game he's completed more than 75% of his passes. The last player to do that was Joe Montana. Mm. Nick Foles and Joe Montana in the same <laughs> conversation. Uh, Foles throwing downfield uh, yesterday, this according to ESPN Stats and Info, three of five for two touchdowns. The rest of the season, he was one for 12, zero, t- wow. zero touchdowns and an interception. Just had to get warmed up, man. That's right. Just had to get warmed up. No, well, this is the question I want to ask is, are you excited about the Super Bowl? Like, does this matchup excite you? Because that was kind of the whole point I was trying to make there was the Vikings playing the Patriots did excite me because you've got a a true villain in the Patriots, a team that, you know, at this point people are tired of seeing them win, right? Most people are. 
And so then on the other side, you've got the Vikings, who they would be hosting the Super Bowl. I thought that was intriguing and interesting, and I really do like the way the Vikings play. Now you've got the Eagles, and it's kind of cool because the Eagles have uh, embraced this underdog persona and, and, you know, ran through opponents with that underdog persona and, you know, just trying to act like they're the Cleveland Browns all of a sudden. But, yeah, I, I just thought overall, you know, now that we look ahead, I would have much preferred a Vikings-Patriots Super Bowl. Mm. Now we get the Eagles, and it's just like, man. So Minnesota's not a team of destiny now. And then how no. will the Vikings touchdown against the Saints be remembered? Is it just kind of like a, a, you know, it wasn't a game or a, 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 a turn of events that actually got them to the Super Bowl or helped them win a championship? Yeah, I, it definitely takes some luster off of it, most certainly. But uh, still an incredible play. I mean, I'm still it's still you know success in the postseason, which they haven't had in a long time. But uh, overall, yeah, this definitely takes away from them. Uh, the fact that they're, what, a five-and-a-half, some of them have them as a six-point underdog. I like Philadelphia getting the five-and-a-half. You like that? Yeah, just as well as they played. I mean, I mean they, they did play uh, outstanding. Yeah. But they also And Richie got, says, if Foles plays like he did against the Patriots, the Patriots might as well not even dress for the game. And let's not forget, I mean, they also got a pick-six, and they got that sack fumble after uh, the Vikings were driving down the field. Those two – turnovers changed the game so yeah I mean the Foles was tremendous but those two turnovers that the defense created really swung the game we've got uh, plenty of sound from uh, Belichick Brady and Doug Peterson that we'll share with you uh, later in the show it's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care the starting lineup are you crying the starting lineup are you crying starting lineup are you crying the starting lineup let's go crying let's get to the starting lineup Coach Jack Thigpen will join us for his weekly visit at 8 o'clock. The voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, will join us at 8.15. Those are our two guests. Got plenty of time for you to weigh in at 888-993-7762. A couple other headlines, and we do talk some uh, hoops. Uh, kind of a wishy-washy weekend in college hoops. The fact that uh, Grambling, with a huge win versus Jackson State, Actually handed in their first loss in conference play. Tech gets back on track at home. They got a big win Saturday against Rice. Uh, ULM, LSU, both lose on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I thought it was big for Tech to follow up. You know, it's like they broke through with that win last week, and now they've, they've followed it up with an impressive home win against Rice. It's good to see Tech building some of them. Uh, Vandy snapped a uh, four-game losing streak as they get the best of LSU. Yeah, you want to uh, repeat that one more time? But no. Well, I just well, I thought we just kind of glazed over. LSU's in a tough stretch right now. Yeah. And where they got Texas A&M coming up this week? Yes, uh, tomorrow they've got A&M comes, comes to Baton Rouge. But, yeah, I think this is what you're seeing with LSU is the lineup is starting to catch up with them. They are undersized, okay? And it's kind of like what Will Wade said. LSU has one or two ways to beat you. Everybody else has five or six different ways, okay? It's just the way this, this team is, is built. But uh, now you're starting to see the LSU team that I was kind of anticipating, a team that has improved but isn't quite uh, March Madness ready. And uh, Tremont Waters is also struggling at the moment, too. He's in, a, he's in a bit of a slump. We're off and running on the morning drive. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. We're back after this.
The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Broken windows are bad enough. A car that's baking inside from the summer sun is even worse. Magic Glass and Tent can handle both these problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield to repairing power windows to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business, Magic Glass does it all. They also carry a full line of accessories for your car or truck. Magic Glass and Tent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. There was a few other uh, headlines that Jake certainly wanted to get to. What did we uh, miss? Well, I just wanted to mention that Duke got the commitment from Zion Williamson, which was an absolute shock. Nobody thought he was going to Duke. And so what that means for those who are like, okay, who cares? What that means is Duke has the number one, number two, and number three player in the ESPN 100 uh, for for next year's um, class. So this is probably one of the greatest – recruiting classes they've ever gotten hmm. they said uh espn said you know they've been doing the their rankings since 2007 and it's never happened before that one team's gotten to the top so three. i guess coach k can still recruit yeah he's he can still, still relate to guys still pretty good at the old recruiting game <sighs> pretty amazing but uh and i also wanted to mention you know there was a, there was big uh, usc pay-per-view this past saturday i got to actually uh, watch it even though i was on vacation uh stipe miocic Defended his belt, is now uh, has now defended his heavyweight belt more times than anybody in UFC history. So that's um, you know pretty remarkable. And the fact that he did it against this guy Francis Ngannou, who looks like the Hulk. Uh, mm. Yeah, he, he he really did look like he was fighting the Hulk. Uh, it was it was an amazing game plan by Stipe, uh, and then Daniel Cormier absolutely ran through uh, Volkan Ostemir. Just wanted to mention those two things because. Um, those are two high-profile fighters who it looks like Dana White wants them to fight in a super fight this week, this mm. this year. Uh, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, also in high school basketball, there was a huge matchup down in uh, Natchitoches. The fact that uh, it was number one versus number two, the Chiefs scoring off against Washita. Unfortunately, a rough road trip for the Lions as they fall to the top-ranked team in the state. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the Chiefs, we were debating on who would win, come out on top in that district, and Chiefs take a huge step forward by beating uh, Washtaw, who just got that victory over West Monroe this past week, too. I look forward to when uh, Natchitoches Central makes a trip up to the Madhouse. 
No doubt. Can't wait for that. Always fun. Uh, I did see all the, this uh, last week. I failed to mention it. Uh, Walt Bell uh, named uh, Florida State's offensive coordinator. And I said, well, who cares? Walt Bell. You may remember back when uh, ULM had the opening for Todd Berry and Matt Viator eventually landed the job. Uh, we had it right here, I think, actually first that morning that uh, ULM had offered the job to Walt Bell. And it looked like Walt Bell, the Arkansas State offensive coordinator, was going to be the next head coach of ULM. Ultimately, he decided uh, it was not the right fit for him. I think he was 31, 32 at the time. He went to uh, Maryland to be their offensive coordinator, and now he has moved on to Florida State. At the age of 33, he'll be one of, if not, well, I guess he won't be the youngest offensive no, coordinator because the guy <laughs> not even in the state. Uh, Charlie Weiss Jr., of course, being uh, the ripe age of, what, uh, 23, 24, 24 I think, as yeah. the uh, OC down at Florida Atlantic. So uh, just keeping track of a guy that we would have been tied to, we thought, uh, but eventually he decided not to come to ULM. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny that you know Florida is is really going with the youth youth movement. Uh, they're doing the opposite approach of LSU. Uh, then we go back to of course what we witnessed uh, yesterday with the uh, two games, and uh, we got some sound here. Let's start with the local angle. Obviously, uh, Doug Peterson will now get an opportunity to play for a world championship. Uh, really, an incredible storyline. Uh, Roy Lang from the Shreveport Times did a fantastic article just on his ascent to being an NFL head coach. And we're talking about a guy that retires, was looking to get into coaching, said, hey, I'll do the high school ranks first. Calvary just kind of uh, reached out to him, or Doug kind of you know, put it out there. He wanted to get into coaching. Calvary lands him. He stays there for four years. What he did for that program, pretty remarkable. He did tell them, though, said if uh, Andy Reid does call, I'm going to answer the phone. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, Andy Reid called him and got him back into the NFL. He was more of, a, I think, an offensive consultant for that first uh, year in Philadelphia. And then he goes with uh, Andy to Kansas City, and I guess the rest is history. Yeah, and, you know, Philadelphia wanted somebody like Andy Reid, and so they went after Peterson, and look what it's done. Look what it's done for this this franchise, and uh, pretty pretty remarkable story. Uh, here's Doug Peterson after uh, yesterday's victory, just talking about the surreal feeling of going to the Super Bowl. You know, um, it's it's. Uh, I love coaching this football team. I love coaching those players in there. Uh, we, we, you know, um, it, it's uh, it, it's a tremendous feeling. Uh, quite honestly, I mean, it just really hasn't sunk in. I mean, it's uh, uh, you know, and, and the thing, you know, obviously this is one of our goals. Um, you know, to be the the NFC the you know the you know the NFC uh, champion, and then and then represent uh, represent the uh, the NFC in the Super Bowl. So we got we got our work cut out for us, um, and just so excited for the guys. He's very excited, of course, uh, career backup, and then he's got Nick Foles and what Nick Foles has done for them in this postseason run. I think Foles actually has another year left on his contract because when this plays out, you're thinking. Well, that guy's about to make himself a bunch of money, or at least he's going to raise the trade value. Philadelphia's got an unbelievable opportunity, and now with Carson Wentz watching Nick Foles play for a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, embarrassment of riches is what it looks like right now. Yeah. But um, no, it's 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 a great story. You know, this guy, somebody. When we did our, we ranked the quarterbacks a couple weeks ago. Remember, we had Foles last just because we hadn't seen enough of him recently. What, what could this guy have? I mean, how, can he? Can he? I think we had Bortles last. Did we? Yeah, I did. Oh well, 
Bortles might have proved us wrong there, too, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, but anyway, Foles, just the way he's playing right now, I mean, he's playing like Carson Wentz. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really incredible the fact that you can be away, come back, and just adjust to the game like that and play at the level that he's playing to get his team to the Super Bowl. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. Uh, we'll stay along the uh, quarterback uh, route here. Uh, Jay says, does Keenum get the franchise tag now? That is even a more fascinating question with the Vikings and the number of quarterbacks that they have on the roster. So what do they do now next year with a Sam Bradford and, of course, a Bridgewater also on that roster? Yeah, it's a head-scratcher, especially, too, because the, the has the franchise even showed that it's confident in Keenum? I mean, it, it continuously – I mean, Mike Zimmer yeah. is just like – He's a quarterback for now. We'll just see how this plays yeah. out. That was kind of the dialogue uh, throughout. Yeah, like like he went through this 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 run without any praise, and it was really ridiculous when you look at how Keenum's played. I mean, I thought Keenum played outstanding, and then you know yesterday happens. Uh, if somebody would give you just a bag of balls or anything for Sam Bradford, I'd probably just take it. You cannot say <laughs> no. you're going to go into next year and say, "Oh, Bradford is going to last uh, more than two games." No. Yeah. No, I would have no confidence in, in trading for him at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah or I'd have no confidence if I was the Vikings, oh, we're going to put him out on the Well, that's the why you have two other quarterbacks. <laughs> that's why you hold on to these guys. Right? I mean, it's not even a given that he'll get through a mini camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a given he'll get through a couple of snaps in a preseason game. Yeah. But then all Bradford's got to say is, hey, uh, do we need to watch the highlights again from week one against the Saints? Yeah. The MVP well, of the season? Well, just play it on the year, market. <laughs> just play it on the market, see what you can get for him. <laughs> Get a seventh-round pick yeah. for him or something. So, uh, quarterback situations in both. Uh, here's a little bit of uh, Peterson talking about Nick Foles and his play against the top-ranked defense in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings. My hat's off to Nick, you know. Um, trusting in his uh, ability, um, trusting in me as, as the head coach and, and, and putting him in, you know, ideal situations and, and play, you know, situations to be successful on the field and, and then for the guys, the guys to believe in him, you know, he, he listen, he's not a he's not a rookie. Um, he's a veteran player who's played a lot of games in this league. He started a lot of games. He had a, a Pro Bowl year just a couple years ago. So this is not a this is not a rookie we're talking about. And um, you know, um, just so happy for him, you know, and, and what he's what he's been through and, and everything now to to finally put not only himself but uh, help this football team get to where we want to go and, and hopefully finish the year right. Got a text here. They didn't put their name to it. They said uh, all three Viking quarterbacks are free agents. Well, if that is the case, should be an interesting offseason for Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Who do you go with? Yeah. Who would you go with, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> probably Case Keenum right now. Yeah, I was thinking that, yeah. yeah. Seems like the safest bet. Uh, as we move forward, and now we uh, look at uh, New England's win versus uh, Jacksonville. So Belichick goes up to the uh, mic, and I guess they don't have a dress code in the NFL for their coaches. <laughs> He's wearing a T-shirt, and did he he cut the sleeves off? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Got to match the hoodie. So, uh, what what do you think we're gonna get out of this bite, uh, Belichick, in his uh, opening generic statement? I, 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 if you get anything at all, yeah. I'll be impressed. Uh, he was a little fired up after the game. Did you see the smile, the hugs on the sideline. I saw him. Uh, Toss that AFC trophy around <laughs> in complete. He had the AFC trophy in his hands for probably about two seconds. That's, that's a little that. long. Yeah. They handed it to him, and it was like he was holding on a hot potato or something. He wanted it out so fast. It was just, yeah. you know, quickly handed that off. Yeah, that was, uh, by the way, 
I want to get into a discussion about Tony Robo. I'm so, I, we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, here, here's Belichick. He doesn't provide the sound effects like uh, yeah. <laughs> Romo does. But uh, here's his opening statement. Really, as I said out there, really proud of our players. Um, did a great job. We didn't really do things as well as we'd like to have done them at times in the game. But they battled. They kept competing. And, uh, you know, in the end, we made enough plays uh, in all three phases of the game. So um, a lot of guys stepped up and, and – uh, that's a good football team. Uh, Coach Marone, his staff, Jacksonville, that's a really good team. Um, but I can be proud of the way our guys played, competed, fought, uh, and in the end executed, made the plays that we had to make to win. And uh, so we're happy to be moving on. There you go. Was that some semblance of emotion there? A little bit. Okay. Not much. But more than what you usually get from Belichick. Of course, earlier on he said uh, we're – mentioned talked about uh, Brady's hand and basically gave uh, called him tough but said it wasn't open heart surgery yeah it was a reported 12 stitches in Tom Brady's hand was it awkward watching Belichick and Kraft stand next to each other during the, when they were you know rewarded them with the trophy and everything I just kept thinking about back to that story and it just felt awkward to me yeah. I feel like Belichick doesn't really know how to I don't know be around that uh, Brady asked numerous times after the game about the hand. Here's his uh, response in the press conference about how significant of an injury it was. Yeah, it's pretty um, – never had anything like it. Well, I've had a couple crazy injuries, but this was pretty crazy. And uh, it, they come up and you just deal with them, and I wasn't quite, quite sure how I was going to do, uh, you know, on Wednesday, Wednesday night, and then uh, Thursday, wasn't sure. And then Friday, gained a little confidence, and then – Saturday was trying to figure out what we could do, and you know Sunday, you know, try to come out here and make it happen. So I just want the guys to, you know, we all put a lot out there, and I mean this was a little injury at the end of the day. It's certainly a big part of what a quarterback does. I mean, I've had a lot worse injuries than this, but if this was on my left hand, I wouldn't, I could care less. But it's based on where it was, and you know we had to deal with it. Mm. Would have loved to have been at that practice and that, how that unfolded. Because, uh, you know, 12 stitches in your hand is pretty significant. You imagine probably blood pouring out of Tom Brady and the reaction yeah. from the coaching staff Horror and the scene. teammates. Like, oh, my, <laughs> what was that? On a handoff, too. Yes. Like, yeah. come on. Brian that... Hoyer's sitting there like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hoyer time, baby. Oh. Yeah, no, that that would have been – I'm, I'm sure you could have heard a, a pin drop. And the several different comments we heard from Brady on the field at the podium – Basically saying he really didn't know Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, and then Saturday kind of was able to throw a little bit better. But, I mean, there had to have been some doubt in his mind about, you know, what he could do. Yeah. Especially, I mean, earlier in the week. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. But but the fact that is, I mean, he's still Tom Brady. And like Tony Romo said, a, a quarterback of his stature, he just really needs to be around the game and, and feel it out. And I, did you think it affected him at all? I, I mean – couldn't visibly tell at all so and now of course it just adds to the legend of tom Brady. Uh, sure yeah it'll it'll be uh 24 stitches by the time uh, <laughs> uh 26 of 38 for 290 yards two touchdowns no interceptions with uh, 12 stitches in his hand no problem for tom brady continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762 jake wants to talk a little tony romo after the break
If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Are you due? You jump in, you start up, you've got to go, there's a lot to do. A red light on your dashboard is lighting up, telling you that your car needs attention to. North 18th at Louisville, Well Road at Cypress, Farmerville Highway in Ruston, and rickbreens.com. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. Before we get into uh, the broadcasting of these two different games, uh, Jake spent some time down in uh, the Big Easy this weekend. You got a story or two? I got a story. I, this is this story you'll enjoy. This one, Aaron. All right. So, uh, my wife and I were, were walking, and we're about to go into a little shop where we're going to get our parents something because they watch the dog. As we were walking into the place, we walked past this this homeless guy. And Marcus Williams. <laughs> No. Oh, okay. We did see the billboard, by the way. Uh, did you hear about the billboard that Saints fans put up? It mm. said, uh, that's okay, Marcus. Mm. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, we walked past this homeless guy, and, and he was – this guy looked like he was struggling, Aaron. Like well, he's he, homeless. So. Well, I mean, like <laughs> str- like he was laying on the ground, and, he, I mean, he looked ill. And he was trying to pick himself up. Mm. Well, anyway, we, we went to the store. We came out, and we're, we're walking past that same place. And he's by the street now, and he's laying on his back and with his knees bent. And all of a sudden, we just see a fountain of urination going into the street. And so my wife's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go now. But I just thought that was funny, just looking over, oh, homeless guy's just peeing in the street right now. Mm. Welcome to New Orleans. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good trip, uh, all homeless stories uh, aside. <laughs> I thought you were gonna have an uplifting story. No, 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 no. You went and got him a glass of water, or you bought him a meal, or something. Well, I did walk past one guy, and at least he was honest about it. He was like, "Give me some money so I can get drunk." Like, well, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, but okay. Uh, you ate well, though, right? 
Oh, man, did I eat well. It was so good. Mm. You can't strike out there, Mm. you know. You really can't. Uh, All right, Richie says uh, Romo was annoying yesterday as well. Came across as an overly excited puppy that had an accident on the floor simply because its owner walked through the front door. Uh, That's pretty good. That's a great description because we have talked about how great Tony Romo is all season. And he is great. He's still, you know, you know, calling the, the plays before they happen. It's like watching a movie with somebody who's seen the movie before, right? I mean, they're just telling you what's about to happen. It's cool. But I don't know what was up with those sound effects yesterday. And I don't remember him doing that. I think he was just gotten to the moment and because it was a great Grant's game. called it out one time, too. He said, hey, nice sound effect there. Yeah, he did. He sure yeah. did. But I, I just remember watching it and – it was like, Tony, you're starting to get on my nerves. Like, the overly sound effects. He, there was one, I wrote it down. He said, oh, ho, 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 here we go. He kept saying, here, here we, we go. go. Yeah, he's numerous times. Here and we I, go. And I'm just like, Tony. He was, he was just fired up. He, he got caught in the game. And we, we can't criticize. We talk about the fact that we're, it's cool. He sounds like a fan in the booth a lot of times. And then when he goes to this extent, then we start bashing. It was too more. far. Right. It was too far. you got to walk a fine line. Yeah, yeah. And I like Tony. I still do. I still enjoy hearing him talk about the game because he knows so much about it, and, and it's hard not to learn something hearing him talk about it. But when you start just doing those sound effects, and it's, it came across kind of lame. It did. So you'd rather hear a, a Buck Aikman call or a broadcast than an Ants and Romo did? I didn't say that. Uh. I didn't say that. This is the first time that Romo's really annoyed me. That's kind of why I wanted to bring it up because – for the most part, I've really enjoyed watching Romo. Uh, but I, I don't know if it was just because the, the Jaguars had the mighty Patriots, you know, against the, on the ropes, you know, and <clears throat> he got excited about that. I don't know. Or maybe this was his first taste of, you know, a championship game and um, the moment got to him. I don't know. But it, it, was, it was a little bit annoying for me. Did it come across annoying for you? Uh, not, not You're the really. broadcaster. I, what I wanted to see is uh, I want Romo up on the stage. I mean, Bradshaw gets to be up on the stage. Throw Romo up there. Well, why? Well, he could be part of the, the celebration, part of the, you know, he gets to touch a trophy. Do you watch all that, by the way? Uh, yeah, I did for the majority of it. And then uh, and I was going to make the point, I, I love the way when Fox, of course, does the uh, on-scene, on-site uh, broadcast. I think it adds something to it. Uh, CBS opted to, uh, of course, keep their studio guys in the studio, and it, I just it t- takes away a little bit from it. Yeah, I agree. plus you know the CBS, you know, I, during the the season, I don't really watch that pregame show. Yeah, because it's Saints are mostly on Fox, and, 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 and the Fox show I think is just stronger. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the thing is, though, <clears throat> the opening for that CBS game. I was telling you this before the show. That was yeah. tremendous. Really well. What's the actor's name? Uh, Malkovich. Yeah, incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, with the music and everything, and I thought that was really well produced, and that got me fired up for the game. Thank you, Joey. This is what I was kind of getting at. Maybe Romo was fired up because it was his first time that deep into the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of. I tried to make that subtle jab as well. All right. As much as I want to root for Philadelphia and Doug Peterson to win a Super Bowl. The videos that you continue to see and the stories that you hear about the Philadelphia Eagles fan is a huge, huge turnoff. We didn't watch uh, yesterday. Leading into the game, uh, numerous videos, just the Viking fans 
uh, you know, just going into the game. And uh, all of here, you see you know, the, the Philadelphia fans uh, giving him the bird, uh, yelling a vulgarity at him, throwing beer cans at him. And then the way, the way that they celebrate a win like that, uh, I mean. That's Philadelphia, though. Yeah, I mean, well, heck, last week uh, they had a guy arrested because he, you know, he punched a police horse. Yeah. Who <laughs> would punch a horse? Yeah. Yeah. That's Philadelphia, though. That's what they're known for. They're known for. I understand that, but it's just, it's hard. You don't have to root for them. Yeah. But now, I guess what you're saying now is you're in a position where you either have to root for the Eagles and that fan base, or you have to root for Tom Brady and the Patriots. I understand being passionate and, you know, good natured jabbing with the other fan base, but do you really have to go to that extent with the name calling? And then when you start throwing things at them, and then there's video, of course, of the, the team bus is trying to leave uh, the stadium or a Minnesota bus, and then, uh, of course, just pelting it with beer cans. And then the worst one, uh, the fan last week from Minnesota, the 99-year-old woman, and uh, Philadelphia fans holding a sign, uh, basically not kind remarks directed at the 99-year-old I miss woman. that. Yeah. Yeah, well – not surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I saw something. Uh, you know who Kevin Hart is, don't you? Yes. You're not that old, are you? <laughs> Shut up, Jake. <laughs> uh, anyway, Aaron, he's a comedian. And uh, I saw he's. I think he's from, he's from Philadelphia, and he was talking about being from Philly, and he said, um, you know, I knew I was going to make it out of Philly when I had somebody – I did a show in Philadelphia, and somebody came up to me and complimented me. He said, if you ever get complimented in Philadelphia, you know you're going to make it. That's just how tough that town is, man. Uh, Brady says, dude, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Still rooting for them. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got a lot of texts. Yeah. Go ahead and read a couple of them. All right. Uh, Richie says, the great John Malkovich, the guy who made a movie that won't be released for another 97 years. Ronnie says, am I the only one who thinks the Jags got hosed by the NFL? The third down, no holding call against the Pats, and then the free first down, interference call on a horrible throw by Brady was as atrocious as I've seen. We've already mentioned that that pass interference call, Ronnie, and that was awful. And it was good defense, too. I mean, he used the sideline yeah. like you're taught and still got the flag. And it was – that was against Brandon Cooks, I believe. And I saw a, t- a tweet that said uh, the refs took so much pity on, on Brandon Cooks they just had to throw a flag on that. But, yeah, that was, that was bad. And, of course, everybody's talking about – the end of the game, the game ends, the first person to congratulate Brady, the referee. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah. He went out of his way. He had to tap him, and, and it was it was super weird. He interrupted Brady talking to another player. Yeah, that was strange. Uh, the disparity in the penalties, uh, one penalty called against New England, uh, the fewest penalties in a postseason game on one team since uh, 2011, and the six called against Jacksonville, and a couple big ones, the fact that it, amounted to 98 yeah. yards and penalty yards, while New England just had 10 yards of penalties. Yeah, it wasn't like a, a couple of false starts here. I mean, those were all major penalties. 888-993-7762. Keep the text coming on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. We're back after this.
growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. New year, new you. Let Potter's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked, and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork. All slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99, or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in to Podnas. Drive through or use a waiter app for delivery. Two locations, 165 North in Monroe, or Plain Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Podnas Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. Louisiana broadcasters are looking for the best of the best. Announcing the 2018 LAB Broadcast Scholarship Program. Two $2,000 scholarships are available to Louisiana broadcasting students to help enhance or put the finishing touches on an education and career in broadcasting. For complete details, stop by this station, call 1-800-364-7260, or go to broadcasters.org to apply. Hurry, deadline for entry is February 2nd, 2018. The Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Scholarship Program. Good for you, good for us, great for Louisiana. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. And you get a couple days off and you come back just trying to throw barbs at me. Well, what kind of remark was that? Like I wouldn't know who Kevin Hart was. It's a please. It's a good question. Please. Dude. A lot of times I'll mention something. Or I guess it's mostly when I mention anything about the internet. <laughs> it's like you struggle to get on online. Just because I don't watch or use ESPN three. That's a uh, big mark right there. Like that's a that's a big red flag. How, how can you not access ESPN three? Mm. Uh, that that is taking your argument from not knowing who Kevin Hart is to not using ESPN three. <laughs> Come on, it's on the same level, right? Yeah. Uh, you got another homeless story to to tell us? No, no. <laughs> Jake, the caring guy over here. <laughs> no, I just it was like you know, I, I it's been a while since I've been in New Orleans, yeah. so I kind of forgot how things things were down there, yeah. and uh, just seeing that I was like, oh yeah. It's, How's the construction of that project coming on Bourbon God, Street? It's awful. Oh really? It's it's bad. It's it's not even just Bourbon Street. It's all over construction everywhere. They making more progress than they are on Arkansas Road. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, it's worse than Arkansas Road, man. Uh, Arkansas Road at least looks clean. Yeah. All right, uh, LSU's road to a uh, national championship uh, includes uh, getting a great recruiting class. Uh, they're doing pretty well in state, correct? They're doing great in state, but people will argue the reason they're doing so well in state is because the talent is down this year. Yeah. Still, they've got eight of the top. Uh, well, looking at this latest Nifty 50, which Jimmy Smith of, of NOLA.com does it, 
They've got eight of the of the final nine guys uh, uh, committed. Number one, uh, Kelvin Joseph, a, a big safety from Scotlandville, six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. His write up, Joseph has the potential to be the number one safety in the NFL draft down the road. He's that good. Yeah, uh, that it, it does surprise me a little bit that he is number one though, uh, just because. For the longest time, we saw Terrace Marshall be number one. Of course, when he got injured, that took a little bit of his luster away. And then we saw Jamar Chase become number one on most sites. And uh, he, that's where you know Jimmy has Jamar Chase. He has him number two, uh, right behind uh, Kelvin Joseph. And this is the thing about Jamar Chase. He's still uncommitted. I, I, I kind of gave him uh, LSU just because – He's going to LSU. He's, he's had some fantastic visits. I would be shocked if he wasn't an LSU Tiger. And so you look at this team, you think back to what Steve Insminger said. He said he likes his receivers a lot. You're going to get Jamar Chase, most likely, and Terrace Marshall added to that group, and that's two of the top three in this uh, nifty 50. So you believe if Marshall would have played his senior year, he would have more likely I been number so, one? I think so, man. Just he was so – phenomenal uh, as a junior and I, I think just him getting injured early and not playing for most of the year I think that's that's kind of dropped his ranking and then the fact of course uh, Justin Rogers quarterback also goes down with the injury yeah. for Parkway they've Poor got Parkway. led him yeah the the one year it was going to be Parkway with these two just uh, you know, incredible talents and they both go down with injuries uh, he's listed at number four Justin Rogers uh, heading to TCU yeah, and he's got Keenan Jones at number five, who, who's a receiver. He's also committed to LSU. Um, doesn't have the he's not name. Getting the publicity that the others do. Does not have near amount the publicity as the other two. But uh, Jimmy Smith thinks that he's going to be a great receiver. I haven't seen enough of him to really give an opinion on that. But at number six, you got Dare Rosenthal, who of course is the athlete from Faraday, uh, the defensive tackle. I think. With Dare, uh, you saw in a, on a lot of – when he was a freshman, and, of course, he committed to Alabama, so he got that Alabama push, mm -hmm. the Bama push, which is a thing. It is most certainly a thing on the recruiting services. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be a five-star player because they projected him to be an offensive tackle. Well, Rosenthal doesn't want to play on the offense. He wants to play defense. And so him as a DT, I think, I think that's kind of affected his ranking on, on most sites. But – this is the highest I've seen him on anything, um, rivals or or 24/7 sports. Seeing him at number six uh, is pretty is pretty big from from Jimmy Smith. I think he understands what kind of explosiveness. I almost felt like he got the the bum rap just the fact that they said he takes a lot of plays off. And my whole argument with Rosenthal was, I mean, when he's playing literally every play on the offense and defense, yeah. and to be that size. You feel for the big guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he got a little gas sometimes. <laughs> he needed a breather. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's fair. But the, you know, as someone who watched him at an early age, that was a, a fair criticism because there would be you know critical spots mm -hmm. and he just would not fire off the football. That changed. I thought he played a lot more aggressive as a senior. I thought he had a great great season this year. Uh, from everything I've heard, you know around him but um, 
he, he his potential is what excite should excite LSU fans. You know, he 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 could be a fantastic uh, player for LSU. Southern Lad has a great linebacker, Demond Clark, six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. They got him listed as the seventh best prospect. He is also uh, heading to LSU. The linebacker from Evangel, uh, Michael Baskerville, he had an incredible, uh, very good senior year. He looks the part. Another linebacker, certainly uh, LSU needs to fill some spots there. They got him at number eight. Followed by that is number nine, uh, Davin Cotton, the defensive lineman for Evangel. He's also committed to LSU. Then he's got Eddie Smith, uh, the cornerback for Salmon, which is uh, interesting to see him ranked as high as 10. And then behind him is Devontae Jason, who is the Mississippi State commit, the wide receiver. This this class, this, this Louisiana uh, 2018 prospect list has a lot of great receivers. Devontae um, Jason, a lot of people around here will remember. Landry Walker, Walker yeah. against uh, West Monroe sure. years ago. Absolutely. Uh, and then behind him is uh, Cameron Wire, the offensive lineman from East Ascension, who's committed to LSU. And then we get into uh, some of the more notable names that, that fans around here know. Uh, this one, for, for probably not so good reasons, number 13, Anthony Puka Williams. Does he get a bump for Kansas? The Kansas <laughs> bump? Or is that a downgrade? Kids, I think that's a basketball bump. Uh, do you go from a, a four-star to a three-star when you decide to go to <laughs> yeah, Kansas? I see, yeah. I see. <laughs> you should. You probably should. Yeah. No, uh, he's tremendous, man. He, he's a great uh, player. The only question is, Will he be able to play? Does he have everything in line as far as academics and, and, and whatnot? Uh, and that's – we heard, you know, the reason why LSU didn't pursue him as heavily down the stretch is because there are those lingering questions. And, you know, with so many that have already signed and, and so many roster spots available, it made sense for LSU to kind of back off a little bit. January twenty second, 2019, will Anthony Williams still be in Kansas? No. Oh, no. so one year from today, uh, we will not be talking about Anthony Williams in Kansas. That's my prediction. Yeah. He, he, he will be uh, elsewhere. A uh, kid, a local kid, and our highest rank besides Adair Rosenthal made a, a major push this year to carry a Spivey all the way up to number 14 on the list of the top 50. Jaquarius Spivey really showed – in this postseason, and really down the stretch, just how talented he is. And it helped when they got a quarterback in Joseph Smith who could push the ball down the field, who could, who could get it down the field vertically. And you got to really see the talent of Spivey. And I keep going back to that championship game. Yes, he was ejected in that game, uh, but before he got ejected, he was unstoppable at wide receiver. Great season by Spivey. I would have never guessed he would have climbed to number 14. Yeah. I thought that was uh, really cool to see him. Uh, he out. looks the part, though. At, uh, oh, six my God. foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. Saw him play a little hoops. He got into foul trouble uh, Friday night uh, versus uh, Carroll. But uh, you can just see the athletic ability oh, by this kid is off the charts. And they actually said he possesses the type of size, speed, and athleticism of premier NFL tight end. Yeah. Uh, we've mentioned a number of tie, uh, wide receivers heading to LSU. Here's another one, a uh, kid that was injured for majority of the year, uh, Jure G Jenkins. Yeah, Gina's Jure Jenkins, uh, who, who, you know, I guess I, this is the first time I really thought about how many receivers got uh, injured this year. Chase, uh, Marshall, and Jenkins. Uh, three spectacular. How about the number of uh, wide receivers in the top 15 and the number that decided to go to LSU? And I always thought that was the toughest sale. <laughs> right. You're a blue chip prospect out there and you play wide receiver. Oh, I want to be a part of that LSU offense. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and then Innsmaker is now taking over, so you got to be even more uh, excited about the opportunity. Yeah. No, I think uh, that is interesting. It is interesting that LSU had that much success. And, again, people will counter that with, well, not that many people want them. You can't really say that about the wide receivers. These wide receivers were, were highly sought after by most teams in the country. Uh, Landry Walker, defensive back, he is also uh, going to Kansas. He's listed at number 16. Uh, this kid from McDonough, 35, we saw him versus uh, Neville in this playoff game this yeah. past year. And you want to talk about a kid that looks the part. Uh, the Fouchoua kid, Joe Fouchoua from uh, McDonough, 35, coming in at number 17. He was fun to watch, man. He was fun to watch. He's he's going to be a big-time safety. only problem is LSU got that commitment from Kelvin Joseph, and that's kind of, you know, if, if LSU wouldn't have got the commitment from Joseph, I think you would have saw LSU really pursue getting Fouchoua. A uh, linebacker from uh, Rummel comes in at 18, Lawrence Key, another player from uh, McDonough 35 that we saw, another wide receiver, of course. Uh, he is uh, uncommitted at this point, right? He hasn't signed yet. He hasn't signed yet. I think a lot of people thought he would go to LSU. Now with the roster spots uh, available for LSU, uh, he's not going. We talked about Spivey uh, coming up, uh, climbing up the ranks. You could say the same thing with uh, Faraday's Dantra Scott. Just an incredible senior year, and you look at him, another kid that is a freak of an athlete, six foot five, 240 pounds. He's also heading with a dare to LSU. Another cool story with, with Dantrez was, you know, a lot of people thought it was a package deal thing, uh, a way to secure Dare Rosenthal. And then you s just see the way he plays and the way he's able to constantly be disruptive in the backfield. He did it again this year, and he, he affected the, games, the game in many ways, you know, special teams included. Uh, this past season, he had an incredible uh, season and, and earned some 2A honors. Uh, but yeah, he, he he's a great story. I think he's going to be a much better prospect than people initially thought. Coming in at number 21, he's already at Alabama. West Monroe Slade Bolden. And by the way, Slade got to be at the little celebration uh, that they had. Um, I, I thought that was cool, and also got to practice with the team. You know, ahead of the the, the championship game against Georgia. So. Slay Bolden already doing things at Alabama. Uh, there's the top uh, 21 of the 50. Was there anything else that stood out? Uh, I do go at number 29, uh, A.J. Carter from Manny. Yeah, I guess you would have thought he would have been higher. If, if this was preseason, you would have thought he'd probably finish in the top 10. Yeah. He did kind of cool off a bit. Yeah, and he ultimately decided to go to Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, Tech was in the running. Yeah, and, and that was that was an interesting – deal too with with ucla and, and lsu and all that and uh it seemed like he decommitted almost every every week yeah uh was there any other local guys that uh cracked the list currently looking i don't think there was um you know a lot of people talk about how this part of louisiana is uh disrespected and here's some more evidence of that yeah uh, no there are not i guess there are not nope. so there you go uh, so there you go. There's the nifty 50, according to the uh, Times-Picune, as we look forward to uh, National Signing Day. It's a little different this year, of course, with the early signing period, but we'll have another one here coming up in February. Yeah, um, and I guess we'll have a lot more uh, ceremonial uh, signing days. Even for, for the kids who actually signed uh, in the early period, they'll, they'll, be, uh, they'll have a some type of ceremony to acknowledge them. Got a text here about uh, your comments about uh, Bourbon Street. Uh, here's one that says uh, it's wide open right now, new concrete. It's pretty awesome from one end to the other. In fact, I told some I can't believe they've done this much work since early December. There you go. 
888-993-7762. Let's talk a little hoops after the break. Coach Jack Thigpen joins us for his weekly visit. The Morning Drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.